Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. That is Dick Ward, my hey co-host, and I am Kate Phillips. And this is Cellmates, the podcast that uh, analyzes, pulls apart, and generally Venn diagrams uh, two animated feature films. Yes. Often they are Disney. But not always. Often they are musicals. Not always. Often they are good. Oh, not always. Uh, but uh, we try for a, a higher average, you know, it, it being Disney. I mean, we'd rather watch good movies than yeah. bad movies yeah. most, of the, most of the time. Yeah, although it's, it's fun to watch the you, occasional just, why was this You give me why was this three made? terrible dinosaur movies in a row, I'm going to uh-huh. get into it. Yeah. So, uh, if you are just joining us for the first time, yeah. wh- where welcome. have you been? Yeah. But also welcome. Okay. Uh, this is our eighth episode is that eighth episode but the first episode in 2019 happy new year welcome hello from the future or the past we're in the past yeah we're in the past hello to the future future. anyway uh so if you're unsure of what we do one just listen and you'll get a pretty good idea because you know we kind of figure it out every episode as well but generally, we take uh, two movies that we think have an interesting intersection point or set of inter- intersection points. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Dick, can you think of an example from a past episode? Uh, well, Mulanastasia. Mulanastasia. Uh, we got Mulan. We got Anastasia. They're both kind of like princesses, but not really princesses. They're kind of like uh, women who have like some power and agency. And it was also a, a neat thing to talk about princess movies made by two different animation studios. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, sometimes, what's another one you like, Kate? Well, sometimes it is a little bit more, you know, uh, research heavy like that or like fascinating from a historical point of view. And sometimes it's just like, uh, these four movies have dinosaurs in them. Let's <laughs> let's rip on them. Let's just watch some dinosaur yeah. movies. And but rip with love. And one of them was good. One of them was good. So that's nice. Yeah, we do love these movies that we watch, even if sometimes we lovingly tease them. And by the way, we are still completely open uh, if the audience wants to jump in and give us suggestions. Please. Um, But also if the audience wants to insist that we do... Uh, in order every Land Before Time movie. So just let us know. You're going to just go with this for the let next Let us know if weeks. that's something you want. And I'll try and talk Kate into doing it. And uh, uh, for those of you who are interested in getting in touch with us, we are on Twitter at Cellmates Podcast. We Instagram. Are, oh, Facebook. Facebook at Cellmates Podcast. Gmail. Cellmates Podcast at gmail.com. That's our website. It's it's different than a Gmail. Yeah. I sorry, I messed it up. You've it's, completely ruined this it, whole the, thing. The stereo sound voices just uh, so cellmatespodcast at gmail dot com. Cellmatespodcast.com is our website. Basically just type in cellmates podcast one L for animation cells and you'll probably find something. But uh, you will not find an Instagram because uh, we're too old. we we don't we don't really get it. Yeah. So, but I'll, Dick, I'll I'll see if there's like an Instagram of uh, cats that I could recommend because cats are cute. Cats are cute. Yeah, That's all I got. when they're not in my house. Yeah. And yeah, so we're glad that you're joining us. These are conversations that we'd be having anyway about an- animated movies, and we might as well use some fancy audio equipment and share it with you know a handful of other people. Yeah, we honestly started this podcast because we were doing this anyway. Um, one of our like favorite hobbies was to, uh, is to watch a movie and then 
talk about how it might be fixed. Uh, yeah, or uh, yes, that is or part talk, of it. Talk about why it worked, but we had a we had a spirited week long conversation after seeing Moana, where we like re storyboarded the entire movie. We did, and that's that's honestly probably one of the biggest impetuses mm-hmm. of conversation for this podcast. Yeah. So so thank you, Moana. Yeah, thanks, Moana. Uh, uh, and what uh, Moana? As far as Lynn and Disney goes, Moana's the best one. And Moana says back, "You're welcome." Well, that that'd be my way. Dick, what are you drinking? Oh, uh, coffee. Um, oh, yep. that's weird. I'm drinking a different drink than you. Wait, don't Usually, we normally drink like the same drink inspired by the movie that we're watching well, or the movies I don't, that we're watching? Uh, we do, but hmm. coffee, Dick, I don't know, Dick. A whiskey sour seems like the right thing to do. Well, no, this is a coffee with Irish cream. Well, uh, why, who told you to drink a whiskey sour? Well, my mother. She well, knows best. No, my, my mom knows best. She told me to drink an Irish cream. I feel like we're going to break into a song right now. What? <laughs> we're not, though. Um, so the two movies that we're doing today both feature uh, mothers prominently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am having a... a my, we are having our mother's favorite drinks. Mother Knows Best mother is knows the best title of both of our theme. drinks. Uh, so mine is a coffee, uh, which is what my mom said. And because it's... Eight o'clock at night, I put some Irish cream in it. No, she did say a coffee with Irish nope. cream. Oh, she just said coffee? Yeah, but I'm not drinking a straight <laughs> coffee at eight at night. I didn't know your mom just said coffee. You like specifically went out and bought the cream for this episode. Yeah. All right. I'm not drinking straight coffee. No, that's, yeah. It's late. Uh, and I am drinking a whiskey sour. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my mom's favorite drink. So let's talk about the movies, though. Let's talk about the movies. So... Uh, mother knows best. Oh, by the way, hi Karen, hi Deb, hi Deb, hi Karen. There you go. Uh, good to thanks for listening to uh, our podcast. We're not listening either way is fine. Yeah, that's fine. You know best. Yeah. So, uh, so the movies we're watching both involve mothers. They are, uh, of course, Snow White, uh, which is Disney's first full length feature film. The first full length animated animated feature film, feature film ever, uh, and then Tangled, the second. Uh, the third 50th actually 50th oh my god i forgot yeah, that's true the got, 50th we get some full-length animated feature from mm-hmm. disney featuring the song mother knows best that's but they right. both feature uh step yeah yeah mothers who think they know best but it turns out they're wrong yeah it, it, i want to make alert. it clear this is not a commentary on our mothers no. who are great yeah these uh, drinks are great choices my mother has never poisoned me with an apple nope not yet uh and she has only a couple of times used my magic powers to regain her youth. Yeah. I mean, typical mom stuff. Typical mom stuff. And so Snow White and Rapunzel are classic fairy tales existing hundreds of years before these movies. Mm-hmm. And so we thought it would be fun to kind of take an, a very old school and a newer school mm-hmm. princess fairy tale yeah. um, in animated form and kind of... Pick it, pick apart the pieces of a princess fairy tale and how it looks in 1937 versus 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have princesses. They all yeah. have evil every, stepmothers. Every Disney princess has a couple of things, mm-hmm. right? She's she's got a foil mm-hmm. who's usually like a mom or something. Often, often, but not always. Um, she's got a sidekick, mm-hmm. which is usually an animal. Usually. But not always. Not always. <laughs> uh, and then she's got a love interest. Yes. Uh, not always. Usually, but, but usually, not always. But not yeah. Always. 
Up um, until recently. And both of these Disney princesses have all those things. And we'll be talking about them uh, later. But we're going to start off uh, by talking a little bit about our experiences. We're, what we're going to do is we're going to summarize the movies mm-hmm. uh, before we start into our summary of Snow White, which Kate will be handling. Uh, I'd like to ask you, Kate, what was your first experience with Snow White? I first saw Snow White in theaters. In How old are you? Thir- no. Uh, it, the Disney did a series of re-releases with their mm. really old movies. And so I saw this might... So I'm not sure. It was either this movie or Pinocchio was like the first mm. movie I saw in a theater. Aww. And it was either this movie or Pinocchio that I burnt my finger on an iron right before leaving. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so I I remember a little bit of the movie in the theater... I remember there was a, probably at the time, Burger King campaign, but I cool. think it was McDonald's. I don't know. I had some I had some kids' meal toys from Snow White. Yeah. Um, Do you remember what the toys were? There was a Snow White figure. There was like some dwarfs in mine carts. I remember there was one where like, you know, that like diamond eye goof they do. Yeah. There was one where he had diamond eyes, just period. Yeah, I'm not sure what you. <laughs> I, I have very was, vague memories a year. of this. It was a year. Um, yeah, so I had a working knowledge of Snow White growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't like my absolute fave or anything, but I remember seeing it, and it was part of my childhood. Yeah, that's all. Uh, what about you, Dick? Well, I uh, I just want to get to it before I forget. Is we had um, Snow White Christmas ornaments. Which I think were also a promotion at a fast food restaurant. Sure. Um, But it was like all seven dwarves. So you had to go and be like, okay, we've got all six dwarves. Do you guys have Doc today? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) you do? Cool. Give me some chicken fingers. (laughs) Um, But uh, they could have just been bought in a store. I don't know. But I know we had them. My parents might still have them. Um, I don't know when my first experience with this movie was because it was just a part of my childhood growing up. Sure. So as... As far as I know, like, I could have watched this movie. Like, this could have been playing for me when I was a baby. No idea. Because yeah. I cannot remember my first memory of this movie. Yeah. So, it's pretty pretty ubiquitous. Yeah. I would agree I don't know if that. the word re- ubiquitous is correct there. I, I feel like it's not. Uh, but I just e- like, I like throwing it around. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. No, ubiquitous. Um, hey, Kate. Yes. Can you set us a cookie timer? I can. And give yourself, how many minutes are we given? We're going to do two minutes. We're doing a two-minute plot summary. It worked well for us with the Dinafor. Five was so, just a lot. Yeah. Two-minute plot summaries. Uh, Kate's going to go over what happens in Snow White, just in case you don't remember. Absolutely. And uh, we'll go from there. Kate, sure. are you ready? I am ready. Do you have a cookie timer prepared? Yes. And it okay. starts now. Go. Uh, Snow White lives in a kingdom. She is beautiful. She has hair as uh, black as gold, slippers as pure as... No. Um, (laughs) Anyway, she's got nice features, including Snow White skin. She's got an evil stepmother who talks to this mirror on the wall every day and asks, who is the fairest of them all? Every day of her life, the mirror has said, you, queen. She's like, cool. One day, he says, Snow White is the fairest of them all. And queen is like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. So she uh, sets up 
uh, plan and get Snow White uh, to run away from the kingdom. Uh, Snow White is wishing for a prince in general before she gets chased off. She yeah, wants who is? true love. Um, so she uh, kind of chases her into the woods. Snow White has this like scary wood uh, trip and uh, then ends up at the door of this cottage. Uh, she starts cleaning it up because it's way dirty and she's like, this, this will not stand. Uh, meanwhile, there are these dwarfs, uh, seven of them in fact, working at a mine. Uh, they come back home from the mine all singy and then they, their house is clean. Wh- what is this? And they find uh, this girl Snow White and they're like, what are you doing here? And she's like, hello, I'm not upset to meet you at all. Um, <laughs> they become friends. Snow White is kind of their like housekeeper slash mother figure. They mm-hmm. have fun together. Um, but the witch uh, is still angry that Snow White is living. She thinks she should be dead by now. And she's like, I'm going to take this into my own hands. You magic mirror you. And she makes a spell to turn herself into an old hag to disguise her appearance. She brings a poison apple to Snow White, tricks her into eating it. Snow White goes into a deep sleep, a spell. And now the queen is the fairest of them all, except for she's not because she never transitions back to the queen. Hmm. Anyway, the dwarfs find out and the dwarfs like, like chase her onto a cliff and the queen tries to roll a rock onto them but then the rock rolls on her and she falls off the cliff to her death uh the dwarfs come back Cookies snow white is asleep done. this prince from the beginning of the movie comes back gives her a kiss wakes her up they ride off literally into the sunset together oh uh yeah nice little summary there Ta-da. um I, I know the queen never turns back from the old hag. She does not. But we only see two women in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's still the fairest one of them all if she's the only I, one. I suppose that that she wins on a technicality, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's the fairest one on screen. On screen that yeah. we have seen. Oh. Yeah, it's a very tight cast. Yeah. For sure. There There are literally eight characters plus some woodland creatures. I mean, I would say like nine plus some woodland creatures. Eight. Oh, I did math wrong. Ten. Did you? I did, did math you add wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, I thought yeah, I, I mean, added yeah. the number five instead of seven. There are ten humans. Yeah. I, I don't think the prince is much of a character. No, but he's there. He's there. Uh, he's kissing he's in, corpses. He's in the beginning like and the do. end. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a creep. I guess does uh, the magic mirror count as a character? Maybe. Ooh, eleven. He's got a face and a voice. Yeah. yeah. He's cool. Uh huh. I like him. The, the magic mirror looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the magic mirror, just in general, uh, effective. Mm. Uh, I remember we looked at uh, we we watched a YouTube video on like the creepiest walk around characters uh, yeah. ever at Disney parks. I think Disney Tokyo had a super creepy magic mirror walk around. Yeah, uh, no, thank you. Uh, agreed. That would be just creepy. Yeah, agreed. Uh, also, by the way, like not to distract too much, uh, dear listener, if you have not seen the history of snow white's scary adventure mm. uh look up either uh what defunct land or uh it might be yesterworld or yesterworld Yester it's one of the two it might be both uh awesome yeah. that ride was terrifying yes. for children it's gone i mean but the movie was more terrifying than i remember too the movie was scary it definitely the the scariness of that ride did not come from nowhere yeah. it took like two scenes from the movie but they're scary yeah uh, all right, so that's Snow White. Yeah. Uh, Dick, what? Uh, tell tell me about your personal relationship with the movie Tangled. So I I saw this movie for the first. 
not for the first full time. I probably watched a uh, half hour, 45 minutes of it um, because my dad had it recorded. And he was like, you got to see this. It's great. Uh, th- I don't know why I did my Obama impression for that, but yeah, well, uh, you got to see this. It's, it's great. That was your, uh, yeah. The first it, one was, it was your dad. It was a little close. Um, but yeah, uh, my dad recommended it. I watched part of it. I was like, ah, it's fine. And then we watched it uh, mm-hmm. maybe two years ago. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. It's fine. Um, and then I watched it for a third time last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the marketing for this movie, and I remember being like, cool, I don't need to see this. Yeah, I remember that there was no marketing for this movie. So I did not see this one in theaters, Mm -hmm. and I am kind of shocked with myself still. Um, But I think The Princess Frog had come out the year before, or Princess and the Frog, Mm -hmm. I get confused, and it did not do well, in part because it had some story problems. Um, and so I think the, I think Disney was a little afraid of like what tank, what would happen with Tangled. Mm. Um, but they barely, like, I didn't know until after it was gone from the theaters that Alan Menken wrote the songs. Like that seems that like, that should be your main marketing ploy. He has not written a score for them at this point since Hercules. So it's been like 13 years, I guess Enchanted. But it's not an animated. Not, yeah. But like, I feel like you're totally bearing the lead if you're not saying like, guys, this is an Alan Menken musical. Everyone gather around. Because I, I, so I, I was seeing a lot of movies at the time. Mm-hmm. Like that was my like weekend thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Friday, going to see a movie. Oh, it's a Saturday, I guess I'll see another movie. <laughs> so I saw a lot of previews. So that might be where I've seen the marketing. There fair, we go. Is is probably through previews. Um, yeah, Menken was not. Like, I wouldn't have appreciated it at the time, but sure. Megan was not really advertised. Yeah. But if you're like, yo, this is the guy that wrote all these amazing yeah, songs. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, and Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, what was it, Mandy Moore mm-hmm. was like the push, and I could not have yeah. cared less. Yeah, she was. Which, yeah, was not a wrong choice at the time, but no, it was not, not for you. Not a wrong choice, but very much narrows your marketing. If it's sure. like, Mandy Moore, and I'm like, I'm a. I'm, I'm like gonna a, pass. What year yeah. is this? 2010. 2010. Yeah, I was like I'm a. I'm a. I'm a boy. 28. <laughs> 28 year old boy. 20 year old boy. I had to do math to figure out how old I was. That was complicated. Um, but yeah, I was like, uh, no. Yeah, and you know I am a target audience even at 23, but. I did not see this movie until it came on Netflix. Whoa. After, yeah. Because my brother was like, yo, you, kind of like your dad, like, yo, you got to see this movie. Yeah. And it's Alan Menken. I'm like, well, how, how no, why did no one tell me? Yeah. So I saw it and I loved it. I'm like, why was this not marketed to me? <laughs> like, not even to Mandy Morfitt. It's like, like just why to didn't me. someone send me an email? Um, I just, I love it. I think it continues to hold up every time I see it. I think it is, I mean, we'll kind of we'll talk about it. it. We'll get into it. it. It's, you know, place and legacy, but. Yeah. But for now, mm-hmm. could you please set me a cookie timer? I sure will. Very excited about this. All I, right. uh, two minutes? Two minutes. And you've seen it two times, so that matches. Two and a half. Two and a half. All right. No. Do I get two and a half minutes? <laughs> no. Uh, all right. All right. Ready? 
Tangle. Okay, so Princess Tangle is, uh, oh, we, we open with like a uh, flower. There's a magic flower. This princess is dying, and this magic flower can save her. This witch wants this magic flower because the magic flower can make her, like, uh, pretty forever. Um, the fairest one of all. But then the guards, like, soldiers uh, use it on the princess. Then the princess gets magical hair that has, like, the powers of the flower. So if you sing and brush the hair, you become young forever. The evil mom type comes in, tries to cut her hair. And the hair, like, turns brown, the color of death, like brunette, ugh. Um, so <laughs> uh, they, uh, she's like, steals the baby away, locks her in a tower. And she's like, cool, well, now I got this long-haired chick in the tower. I'm going to tell her I'm her mom. I'm going to gaslight her for, like, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Speaking of gaslights, there are some other lights in the sky that she sees Ooh. every birthday. Yeah, how about that transition? What? Uh, every birthday she sees these lights, and she's like, oh, cool, I got to get out. I got to go see these lights. Anyway, this guy comes uh, in to her castle because his name is Flynn Rider, and he's a thief, and he's escaping. Uh, he's running away. He's a bad guy. Uh, and then she's like, yo, if you want to get out, uh, if you want to get like this stuff you stole back, um, then you've got to help me go see these lights. Uh, he's like, Ugh, fine. She hits him with a pan a bunch of times. Chameleon licks his ear. They run away. Uh, they like meet some crazy folks. Uh, they, they, they basically get ran. They get chased for most of the movie. Um, but then they like fall in love. It's really sweet. Uh, she goes and sees the lanterns. They're about to kiss. And then he notices some bad guys that are out to get him. He gets locked up in jail. He's almost hung. And then he's rescued. And it uh, turns out mom's not really her mom after all. And she doesn't know best. And then at the end, she gets her hair cut. And I got... Uh, you got sidetracked. I got really sidetracked. It's okay. You want to finish this up? No. Do you want me to finish this up? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Flynn gets stabbed by the mom, and Rapunzel tries to use her hair, and mom's like, nope, you're coming with me forever and ever, uh, but, uh, Rapunzel says, nope, nope, just let me do this first, and then I'll never leave again, uh, but Flynn cuts her hair just in time to basically, like, set her free. And then Uh, her tears. Well, the mom dies, uh, terrifying. She turns into dust. She turns into, like, a skeleton dust uh, thing. Yeah, and then... She dies, and then her tears heal. Rapunzel's tears heal Flynn Rider. And they live happily ever after. Eugene Katsopoulos. Eugene... (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Something like that. That's correct. Jesse McEugene. Fitzherbert? I think it's Fitzherbert. I believe that's correct, actually. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, so, um... The first time I saw the movie, I kind of didn't care. The second time, I was kind of resistant to it. This most recent time, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, so good. It's, it's really good. Like, you have to get over a little bit of, or I had to get over a little bit of what I gathered from the marketing. Because mm. um, I, I don't know, like, a clumsy Disney princess that's otherwise amazing and can, like, fight stuff and has magical hair. and Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a thing that I've seen before. Since 1937, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, but um, yeah, when you actually watch the movie with an open mind, it's really good. I think it's one of the smarter scripts that Disney has yeah. put out. Uh, and and part of that is, 
you know, Disney evolving in what this kind of princess fairy tale movie means. Yeah. Um, as generations pass and decades wear on. So, Dick, you said before there are a couple elements of a, a princess fairy tale movie. Would you repeat those again for us? Or, or no, what, what's your this. favorite element? No, of, here's, here's the elements <laughs> that make up a Disney princess uh, sometimes, often, but not always. Is uh, she's got a foe mm-hmm. who is often a stepmother. Mm-hmm. She's got a uh, love interest mm. who is usually a prince, mm. and she's got a sidekick who is usually an animal. Mm. Kate, which one of those would you like to talk about first? I mean, let's let's start on with these these drink inspirations. Yes, mother knows best. Yes. Uh, so they are both stepmothers in these movies. Are they? Kind of. I, I mean, they're not mothers. I mean, the, the queen is the stepmother. The evil queen is the stepmother. But I don't think I the mean, mother in Tangled is related to her at all. Well, okay. So by stepmother, maybe adopted mother. Yeah, she I mean, doesn't... She doesn't, kidnapper. Yeah, kidnapper. She's not a yeah. mother <laughs> no, in any way. She, she's a kidnapper. All right, she's a kidnapper. But she is... It, I mean, Rapunzel believes that she's her mother. Right. And it, it's... Yeah, they're basically... They don't uh, give give a crap at all about their daughters. They no. actually are actively working against their daughters' well being to lift up themselves and yeah, and specifically to lift up their own beauty. Spe- yeah, it's it's a vanity issue for yeah. both of them, and and I think it's interesting because they're both real scary. Like yeah. <laughs> they're really good at being villains, um, and in different ways, right? Like the. Evil Queen in Snow White is more of an isolated figure. Mm-hmm. She, you do not see her interacting with Snow White until that poison apple scene. Um, you kind of see her, you know, coming up with these plans on her own, talking back and forth to the magic mirror, making up her concoctions. It's all isolated. Yeah. Whereas Mother Gothel is in, you know, entwined with Rapunzel's life. She is everything to Rapunzel. Um, by by her own design, and that that relationship between Mother Gothel and Rapunzel is, I think, one of the like best written and cringiest in the best possible ways relationship that I've seen in an animated movie. Yeah, it's it's uh, horribly abusive mm-hmm. that relationship, uh, but beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like like even the like watching it the third time, I noticed like little touches where. Like Mother Gothel, 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 yes, would like guilt her or like just like throw her aside in in a way that I uh, I hadn't noticed or like yeah I don't know it's it a very very strong relationship I think the most interesting relationship in these movies mm-hmm. uh, is Tangled and Mother Gothel, uh, Princess Tangle and Mother Gothel Rapunzel do, do you know her name and okay great. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, there have been articles written on this too, that every time Mother Gothel says, I love you, she is touching her hair or like kissing her hair. I, so it's, she's an object yeah. that's a means to an end. It's not the person at and all. And she's not even the object. She's like literally just talking right. to the hair. Right. There, there were a couple points where I like, I noticed that. I didn't realize it was like every time. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And it's, and it has a ref- uh, an effect on Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. In a way that, I mean, in, in just, I feel like character development in animated movies have has come a long way in mm-hmm. 80 years. 
But Snow White is your basic just goodly. She is nice to everyone. Mm -hmm. When the queen does try to trick her, she's very kind to her and lets her come in. Um, Whereas Rapunzel... If she was the beast, Mm -hmm. she'd have no problem. If she was the beast. Yeah, because she would have let like that old lady in. Got she it. wouldn't have been cursed to become a beast. She would have been fine. Yeah. She, she was born in the wrong movie. Yeah, there <laughs> No no enchanted objects. Everything would have been just the way it was. No. Um but yeah, as a princess, as a character, Rapunzel is deeply affected by this relationship. Yeah. And you can see that when she escapes her tower later in the movie, she kind of goes through these giant mood swings and she kind of feels this consistent you know, continual guilt toward betraying her mother even though you as a viewer can see like oh this is no good Mm -hmm. but it's very much um i've seen responses to this like thank you for depicting this i recognize a lot of my own like my mother's abusive relationship with me in this movie in both characters yeah and and i think it's i I think it's interesting to address abuse Mm -hmm. uh in a in in this sort of way um Snow White's evil queen, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, doesn't interact with Snow White. So we don't really know what their relationship is. We know they know each other. Right. But they never interact. So it's... Yeah. I mean, we know they know each other, but we're told. We don't see it. Right. Yeah. Like, ever in the movie, Mm-mm. is it, like, really clear? hmm But um, I will say that, like... Mother Gothel is is very scary. The evil queen is also very scary. Yes. Like the, it has the um, Snow White has the uh, 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 like Alfred Hitchcock tension. Mm. He's, one of the things he said was like, if you want to really build tension, you, like you can either have people sitting at dinner, and then in five minutes, like just have them explode, or you can have five people eating dinner see a bomb under the table with a five minute timer and you've built tension for five minutes. Right. And I think Snow White does a lot of that because the evil queen is plotting and plotting and plotting. Yes. Um, and then eventually her plan comes to fruition or she, you know, she gives her that apple and you're like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. is this going to happen? And like, we know it's going to happen, right. but when you like kind of turn your memory off to the best of your ability and watch the movie, it's kind of like, Wait, she's not really going to eat this poison apple, is she? Oh no, our hero, our hero is dead. Yeah, like it's it's uh it's very affecting. Yeah, I think same. And and I mean, all of Disney's villain iconography you can trace back to this evil queen. Yeah, she's like angular in her features. She uh, there's a lot of like light and shadow interplay when you mm-hmm. see her on the screen. Um, a lot of like towering kind of camera angles, so to speak, uh, dark colors. Uh, so there's a lot of things that will, and the, I mean, and, and it's taken from, right, silent movies, and it's taken from how villains have been portrayed sure. throughout history. But definitely, you, I mean, when I say Disney villain, that connotates a certain set of characteristics, and it all starts with the Evil Queen. It's one of the things that pops into your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can see her in Ursula. I can see her in Mother Gothel. I Absolutely. can see her in... Um, I, w- I want to ask you, this is a different movie, mm-hmm. um, but the Evil Queen is a mainly, ab- mainly a villain that mainly does not interact yes. with the hero. Yes. 
until it's time to do the evil plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched another movie, uh, Jerkules, <laughs> um, where the villain doesn't interact with the hero until it's time to do the evil plan. Mm-hmm. But that one didn't work, and this one worked. Why? Yeah. Well, it it that's a good that's a good point. I think one. There's less going on in Snow White, mm-hmm. so it's easier to have these isolated tracks and yeah. not really think anything of it. Um, that's a great point. I wonder if it's maybe a little bit because Hades is so intertwined with Meg, mm-hmm. who you are seeing the whole movie, and she is interacting with Hercules. Yeah. So there's like a, a subplot that Hercules maybe should know about earlier, or it should cause some problems earlier. It's like if we saw if we saw Snow White and the Huntsman mm-hmm. for more than like ten seconds, right? Right. Uh, yeah, it's like Snow White and the Huntsman were dating, right, or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So maybe it's just you know in 1997 I'm expecting something different from my story mm. as 1937. I also think there's enough. Yeah. That's a it's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um but let's get back to these let's get back to these two and let's move away from from the mothers. Uh and let's talk a little bit about their love interests. I have an answer now. Oh, go I'm for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, oh my god, please. Um I think it's because the interaction itself is done is done better in Snow White. Yeah. She is the evil entity is appealing to something you know is part of Snow White's personality, this like hospitality and this good naturedness. Hades isn't really appealing to like Hercules' want of belonging or like his goal of being a hero a true hero. Right. He's just kind of like going off of this relationship with Meg that just started happening. So maybe that's the weakness for me. That it's not directly like, oh, you are hitting this protagonist where like that, like this is their ultimate weakness. Right. Like you, there's no way they're gonna, yeah, s- overcome this. That's a good answer, actually. Thanks. Nice. Thanks for letting me backtrack. Yeah, but now back to backtracking back, to the thing we backtracked reverse from. Backtrack to the future. Um, let's talk a little bit about the love interests in mm. these in these stories because that's a big part of being a Disney princess. I think the easier love interest uh, to talk about is Snow White's. Sure, uh, he's in. Roughly 45 seconds of the movie. Oh, yep. He, uh, she's singing a song. And then he... She is wishing. She's wishing. Thank you. Um, and then he like looms over her and sings at her. Yeah. And she's like, ah. Uh, even though he's like kind of a fish face, he's, he's <laughs> the guy she's into, so that's fine. Um, and then at the end, he comes and kisses her dead body. Yeah, and there's nothing in between. Like you don't know how she, how he's heard of this like semi dead princess in the forest. Like um, he's just he's not involved in this story. Yeah. at all. Yeah, so it's just I mean she sings someday my prince will come and he does, but there's not. I mean that's more of a disappointing reunion, I guess. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, well, you you a prince is here, right? How, how do we know this is your well, fine? I mean, it's she fun. doesn't seem to have any qualms with it, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, it's you. Great. Bye, uh, seven friends who have been yeah. my whole life for the last year. Goodbye, my dear friends. I'm going to go off with this stranger this on a fish horse. This stranger. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Eugene Merman is a much more interesting. In general. In general. 
uh, is a much more interesting prince. Uh, yes, Eugene Fitzherbert, otherwise Eugene known Fitzherbert. as Flynn Rider. I am going to drop a drop a mic here. Oh wait, uh, oh. we only have three. Um, yeah, I'll pick, okay. Please I'll drop, drop a mic hood. Okay. Uh, yes, pad. So mic pad. There we go. Uh, I think Flynn Rider is the best Disney prince written to date. Boom. Y'all, you can't see this because it's a podcast. Yeah. But she dropped it. Yeah. Uh, best written Disney best prince. Best Disney prince to date. Mm-hmm. Better than Prince Charming. Yeah. Better than uh, Prince Ali. Better than Prince Ali. Uh, prince better... Ali is significantly better than Prince Charming in terms of character development. But All yeah. right. Better than uh, Prince Eric. Is Prince Prince Charming is Snow White's? What is Prince? What is Snow White's prince? I think he's Prince Charming. Are they all? Is it the same prince? I don't know. Did something happen to uh, one of them in between the events of the stories? I don't know. It's just like Mary Poppins and blue collar workers. She so just she just like inherits. She just them. knows all of them. Prince Charming is just like because Sleeping Beauty is Prince Philip. He's got a different name. I trust you. On is this. one like Prince Valiant or just Prince? Prince Valiant. Just like Prince. I don't know. Oh, oh, just like Prince, like the symbol? Yeah, yeah, just the... Like the, the mononym? The yes, I think uh, a lot of people don't know this because they haven't seen it, but uh, Prince is the prince in Rescuers Down Under, so... Oh. There you go. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, is great. And yeah. I, and yeah. Well, I, Tell me why. Well, one, he's in more than 45 seconds of the movie. <laughs> that helps. So there's a little bit more time to get to know him. So what I, what I like about this movie, and this is not a hot take, but um, each of the protagonists, and I think it's Rapunzel and Flynn, are they both get their own storylines going before they meet each yeah. other. And it's not just like this prince exists to end up with the princess. He has his own character arc. He has his own things that he learns and the ways he becomes a better human. Um, he is introduced completely separately with his own set of like the tangible goals as well. Tangible goals? Uh, tangible goals. Uh-huh. Uh, he is, uh, apparently the animators actually um, had a, a meeting that they called the Hot Man. I think oh, you I said the know. Hot Man Contest. The hot, uh, not the Hot Man Contest, but maybe the Hot Man conversation maybe it was contest where the animators brought in like 30 women who worked at disney and it's just like what makes a man attractive and they just animated flynn rider that way and it's not not effective (laughs) is he uh kate as hot man meeting sorry hot man meeting as the uh hot man meet uh Mm -hmm. as the uh person on this uh cast who's Mm -hmm. attracted to men yes uh, would you say that Flynn Rider is the hottest of the Disney princesses? Yes, definitely. Whoa. Definitely. Okay, yeah. well, I disagree. Oh. Uh, but that's fine. Oh, that's oh. Fine. What, what, what is your choice? Uh, the Beast in Beast Farm. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, he's number two. That. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, is Sure. But yeah, no, I see that. He's got the uh, Han Solo swagger. Yep. Got the Malcolm Reynolds. He's he's the, the thief of the heart of gold. He's a... Yeah. We've seen we've seen his type before. He's a thief with a heart of gold, and having that backstory. So Flynn Rider is Wait. his mm, yes. Flynn Rider or Robin Hood? 
No, I, I never got an attachment to Robin Hood. Wow. So I'm not one of those Congra- girls. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, cool. Just the beast, the other weird animal. Yeah, the <laughs> other the weird we- sexy animal. The weirder of the animals. Yeah, the weird. Definitely. He's several animals. Uh, <laughs> he's several animals. He is. Yeah, you're not wrong. A buffalo and a bear and a yeah. cat. I don't know. The cat. There's. There's he's, research. He's part kitty. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, you were saying Flynn Rider. So, uh, yeah, he's a thief with a heart of gold, but he also has this interesting backstory that he grew up, you know, without money and kind of this, like, nerdy kid named Eugene. And he read stories about this, um, you know, Fl- Flynnius Rider or Phineas Rider. Yeah, like Flynn something. Yeah, but, something. Yeah. And so he adopts this kind of as his moniker um, moving forward to kind of create this persona for himself he, so he, he robs under a pseudonym yeah we'll see what he can do to him oh yeah <sighs> that's hamilton yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah basically just like <laughs> Ham- hamilton but that like it gives him some like tenderness and that he shares it with rapunzel so they do this you know romantic comedy thing where first they're at odds with each other and then they kind of you know grow to love each other but it's not till and it's second act i'll say like it's the romantic comedy thing a little bit Mm -hmm. but she doesn't dislike him and he doesn't dislike it's true that's true except when she thinks he's like broken into her tower right and he thinks he wants to stop being hit with a pan right like well he is yeah like they don't they don't have that like ooh, you're a jerk uh, thing too much. That is a good point. They don't, and it's one of the things that makes it a really good yeah um, relationship. He is kind of like trying to get her out of his hair, so to speak, because um, uh. he just wants that crown. So he doesn't really care about fulfilling her side of the deal, which right. is she'll you know if he takes her to the lanterns and she'll give him back this crown that he's yeah trying to steal. They don't. They're not like in love at first sight. No. They grow to like each other, mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually to love each other. Kate, you have said to me that this is the best relationship in a Disney yes. movie. Absolutely, Do you still yes. Stand by that. I still stand by that, and it's it's why this movie is called Tangled and not Rapunzel. Um, Ooh, it, it is. Yeah, is, that's true. No, I never thought about that. Yeah, because it's not just Rapunzel's story; it's Flynn's story, and so the relationship is great, and and. You know, I think moving forward, Disney is learning and, you know, Kristoff and, and Anna, I don't mind that story, but it is very like, you don't really know much about Kristoff. He talks to reindeers and that's done. Wait, Sven. Sven. <laughs> Human Sven, yeah. Human Sven. It's Sven number yeah. two. Um, and and w- what I like about this story is that you get a three-dimensional view of both characters. They are both... Um, they both have not even flaws, but like a, a skewed perspective on the world based on their experiences that gets in their way. I mean, she's clumsy. Yeah, she is. But she's not. I mean, she does good things with a frying pan. Yeah. She like trips once in the movie. Um, but they both, I mean, Rapunzel has her insecurities stemming out of the abusive relationship that her mother is, you know, quote unquote mother. Um and Flynn has these kind of, you know, insecurity issues related to who he is and his stature. And together they are better. And mm-hmm. together they kind of smooth out those insecurities yeah. and encourage each other and, and lift each other up. And they learn from each other. Mm-hmm. 
And hopefully one of the things Princess Tangle learns is to wear some shoes. Yeah, she does not wear shoes all movie long. There's like this giant adventure. She's running on all this pokey looking stuff. Yeah. Not a single shoe. But you know what? She's not the only character who's not wearing shoes in that movie. What? There are a few more characters who don't wear shoes. Oh, yeah? Uh, You might consider them uh, animals. Like her sidekicks? Yeah, maybe her like her sidekicks. Okay, let's talk talk about this. And I, I... I feel like, by the way, uh, we've been talking a lot about Tangled because Snow White has not given us a ton for relationships. They haven't, no. But this is where I think Snow White really shines. Um, But you know what? Let's talk about your no-shoe characters in Tangled first. Uh, Well, you got uh, Maximus, the horse. I thought we were talking about characters without shoes. Well, does he have horseshoes? I think he, he just has horse hoofs. Better have horseshoes. Yeah, he's a kingdom horse. He yeah. probably has shoes, but, but they don't cover his whole foot. Let's. They, he doesn't. He doesn't have horse booties. Okay. Uh, Maximus the horse. He's a royal horse. He's on the trail after Flynn, uh, but develops a soft spot for them because Rapunzel tells him to. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's <laughs> she cute. tames the horse. He yeah, she just acts. She just yells at him like he's a dog, and he obeys. Uh, and then he becomes kind of a sweetheart. It's it's nice. Yeah. I, I really like watching Maximus uh, chase Flynn at the beginning. Like, their fight scenes are kind of Looney Tunes-y. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, a little bit like Bugs and Elmer, or, or, or like, I don't know, some better example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, him, like, chasing to get that crown, really fun. Yes, yeah, there's good action in yeah. Tangled in general. Yeah. Uh, but the the uh, winner of character without shoes that just melts my heart is, of course, Pascal the Chameleon. Uh, I call Flynn Rider the best uh, Disney prince or Disney, like, I guess he's not a prince. He becomes a prince through marriage. Sure. Um, I, I think I, I'm going to put in Pascal for best animal sidekick in a Disney movie. And I know he's got... Years of competition. Better than the pig in Moana. years of competition. If they had used the pig in Moana, <laughs> he might have been competition. But uh, he's about as prevalent as Snow White's prince yeah. in the movie. So, uh, Yeah, Pascal, you uh, you love Pascal. I lo- like, if I'm having a bad day, I will just like look up Pascal gifts <laughs> and it, it makes me feel better. He is, like, I, I, I do think... Aside from I just think he's adorable. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of the pinnacle of what we have come to know as the Disney sidekick where he is nonverbal. He's a chameleon and not a talking one. Mm-hmm. But there, it, he's like one of the most expressive characters. Yeah. His eyes, his like tiny little movements with his like two pod, like two toed hands um, or three toed hands. Uh, he just like he adds humor and warmth. In a way that every sidekick should aspire to. I, I also really enjoy the squeaky noise he makes when he gets kicked. <laughs> uh, it's a fun noise. Yeah, he's 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 pretty cute. I get it. Yeah. But if if we're talking sidekicks, uh, I got seven sidekicks Ooh. for you. Their names are Sleepy, Dopey, Happy, Doc, Sneezy, Loyal. Reverence, <laughs> clean. What did you? Uh, oh, so now, uh, wait, Bashful uh, is one of them. Rudolph and Blitzen. I think Bashful and Grumpy were missing from that first list. 
the important part. Now I don't know who you said and who you didn't. Seven of them. Seven. And they are dwarfs. And they are great. Yeah. Like I was not expect. I have not seen this movie since I was like three or four. I was not expecting to laugh as heartily as I did at these. We dwarfs. laughed a lot in this yes, movie. Yes, it's very. It holds up. Yeah. And the humor, especially, is something that can get. Like I mean, there are generations of humor, and what is funny sure. to one is not funny to another. But that just the visual gags. There of were these there dwarfs. were a lot of visual gags, and I think a lot of the humor comes from knowing the dwarves' personalities. Mm-hmm. Like uh, their personalities in their name. Yes. But I would not like. I don't necessarily remember their names. And they don't get named until later on. Yeah. Like, but if you show me one of the dwarves, I can tell you all about yeah. it. Yeah. Because Absolutely. like their design mm-hmm. tells you who they are, their like their movement tells mm-hmm. you who they are. Like Dopey and Grumpy move completely differently. Absolutely, uh, it's it's f- a fascinating like like their voices are all kind of the same. Yeah, right. Dopey Dope does not have one. Dopey does not have one, and I feel like Grumpy's is a little bit distinguishable. Yeah, but the other five yeah. are like. Kind of have the same. Yeah. I am a man in the 1930s. They voice. might all be the same voice actor. I don't know. They might be different. But like the uh, the animation on them, like you can tell a lot of care was put into making them distinct. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not really sure what keeps Doc and Happy separate, but they're, yeah, they're, they're the questionable Doc's ones. Doc's kind of jolly. Yeah. Uh, he's got glasses does happy have glasses he does have glasses yeah so he's maybe smart so you got that but he also has speech dyslexia yeah which is funny because his name is doc and he's kind of chunky yeah it's well chunky. so is happy oh yeah they're both kind of yeah units yeah uh but they're 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 great i was surprised how much i loved the dwarves and even like stuff like silly song which is a song for no reason that is silly. they're just entertaining Snow White. Yeah, yeah they're just like having fun I was like, that's a skip song for me. Uh Uh-huh. On a soundtrack, yeah. But then in the movie, I'm like, oh, this is fun. I'm like getting to know these characters even better. Uh, We've got a, who's a grumpy playing the the organ with his butt? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's It's, a great scene. It was a blast and and it built character. It didn't move the plot forward. Nope. Uh, It didn't like do anything for the characters but it was just like cool here are these characters having fun let's go yeah and it's it's clear to me based on you know what we're kind of delighting in in snow white that this is a natural kind of culmination of all of disney's short work before mm-hmm. this right like in these other cartoons he's got you know 5 10 15 minutes to tell you a story so you need to be able to communicate you know whatever character you're following really quickly really distinctly Mm -hmm. and i think that shows in this movie this is kind of the what a feature length animated movie looks like when what you've done before is shorts um it's a little bit more episodic as a movie but these characters getting to play with them for the full length of a film is fun yeah especially when you have such you know good characters to work off of and yeah i feel like i have a a new appreciation for the dwarves Mm -hmm. like i i am so much more interested in them now than I was a month ago. Well, and I'm more we interested in this. them, to tell you the truth, than Snow White. Oh, yeah. Who's, like, fine, but, like, doesn't have, like, she's just nice. Yeah. She's <laughs> and a, she cleans things. She's nice and very white. Very white, yeah. Uh, 
She's the fairest. Yeah. I think it should also be mentioned that there are shoeless <laughs> creatures in Snow White too. Yeah. Those forest animals. And sometimes dopey. And some, yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, the forest animals. Are really well done. Like you mm-hmm. can see exactly where Bambi comes from. Yeah. From these forest animals, they all, they're not like the dwarfs that they're given like specific personalities, but they're certainly given, you know, kind of personified qualities to draw you in. Yeah. They follow, they, you know, they're in the, the scary scene where Snow White's running into the forest. They kind of. Oh man, that scene where she's running through the forest and then those eyes appear and then it's mm-hmm. like the happy animals. Yeah. Like, oh wait, could you guys draw animals this good? Right. This whole time. Right. Because like like Snow White, uh, her face kind of didn't always work. Yeah. The dwarves were pretty good, but like mm-hmm. the, the straight up humans were kind of off model. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or not off model. They're just kind of weird. Yeah. Sometimes. They're a little bit flat. But like every single one of those animals I was blown away by. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you can. I, I'd be interested to know kind of what. Disney and the animators thought about that because their next, besides Fantasia, their next two movies, I think, are Dumbo and Bambi. I believe so that's correct. So yeah. that's interesting that it's like, oh, we do animals really well. Let's let's dive let's, deeper into let's that. Let's work on that. <laughs> um, so I will, we'll dig into this more when we start talking about what goes in the vault, what gets released, etc. Uh, but I, as someone who's not watched Snow White in a long time... Mm-hmm. You and me. Um, what do you think held up in the year of our Lord 2019 and what did not? Mm-hmm. Like, what what are some things that you noticed and were like, eh? And what did you notice and said, well, it is fine? In general, so my expectation was that I'd be a little bit bored. Um, and in general, the pacing really held up in mm-hmm. ways that I was surprised it did. And it's a, like a 70-minute movie, right? It's like 83 minutes. Oh, that's longer so than So it's I not even it. the shortest. It's like a couple minutes longer than Little Mermaid. Oh, wow. And yeah, for a first animated feature, that's insane. Um, so I think the pacing holds up and like the, you know, the storytelling, mm-hmm. which is which is part just, you know, Walt Disney was very big on that, the storyboarding and what was the... How, Kate, how did, uh, how did Walt Disney pitch this movie originally? I learned told, this today. You told me an interesting fact about this. I think it's cool. So one day in 1934, Walt Disney sat his animation studio down, uh, did a one-man show of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like acted out all the parts himself, and then was like, guys, we're doing this as an animated movie. Go. Like that was yeah, he pretty had, much what happened. He had like someone take notes. Uh, and this is this is something that was true of Walt in a couple of the movies that he was really involved in he'd be like cool come take notes i'm gonna tell you this story and then excuse me and then we're gonna make it um and i feel like uh that's an interesting way to storyboard yeah i mean and then storyboards happened after and they did the whole disney process but but i think i think it is i think i see that in the movie Mm -hmm. like i see why they're why each scene is being animated it's not just we need a scene here or we need, you know, a jump from point A to point like, B. Oh, we need to put a song in here. Yeah. It's there's a reason for every scene. Yeah. And it's not like there's not a lot of plot in it. There's not a like there's not character development. It yeah. is just a straight up retelling of the fairy tale. Um, but 
yeah, there seems to be joy in every scene. And uh, so I think that held up. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to watch all the scenes. I definitely think the dwarfs hold up um, and the and the animals. I think, um, yeah, like, the, the kind of cutesy, the whistle while you work and silly song, they're not you know, forwarding story. It's kind of song happening as other things are happening. But I think that I, I do think the songs hold up for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't put those kind of songs in a movie now necessarily. Like yeah, they have to do something really, different. Unless it was like intentionally a throwback. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think I was struck by the attention to detail. Yeah. You know, as Snow White is cleaning the house and these woodland animals are happening, like you see this like water well get pumped and you see, you know, you see the sparkle in the dish. It just there's so much attention to detail that they didn't need to do like they were doing an animated feature film. No one was doing that before. They had no like. Yeah, they were. They they didn't have to try to be the best. Right. They were the only game in town. But I guess it was also probably a, a giant gamble right. right? to to put this out and see if people would actually watch the whole thing. Sit down for an hour and a half and watch it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that stuff is intense. I mean, and it's very Walt, right? He's very detail-oriented. Very detail, yeah. Uh, and so that, for me, were all things that made it hold nice. up. What, what for you, holds up in 2019? I mean, yeah, there's there's nothing there's nothing really that struck me aside from like, the the simpleness mm-hmm. um which i i generally appreciate mm-hmm. uh the prince you know the love story is just kind of whatever mm-hmm. um so i think that's like the one thing that kind of doesn't hold up uh but everything else i think holds up really nicely yeah 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 and uh, uh, did, did we do this too for tangled it was nine years ago i guess yeah i mean tangled <laughs> yeah well you know what like the Simpsons and South Park were a pairing where we had to say, like, does this hold up? Tangled, I don't, I, I don't think has any real issues uh, holding up this year, aside from like some of the music feeling a little. Eh. It is. I mean, I mentioned earlier that ooh, why didn't you advertise that it's a Menken score? But it does. Uh, you know, it's not Menken's best score. And I think the score in general is a little bit forgettable. Although he does that Mencken thing where he's weaving in the song motives. Mother, and Mother Knows Best is amazing. Mother Knows Best is pretty great. Uh, there's it another... feels like an old school Howard Ashman lyric yeah. with it. And it's Glenn Slater who does the lyrics. Who's not? Who's kind of done who's some fine. stuff that doesn't go so well. Tangled is kind of his uh, highlight. Um, but like, uh, I remember Mother Knows Best. Mm-hmm. I think that song is great. I remember... Brush and brush and brush and brush my hair. Yeah, that song I don't care That's about. That's all I remember from that song? It is, yeah. It's it's like, you're not, I'm not used to hearing Alan Menken, an Alan Menken song that's like acoustic guitar heavy. Yeah. And it was specific. It was, it was he wanted to, be to like combine. like between the. F- kind of renaissance and, and folk. folk like 60s folk. I didn't which really are both hear that. Acoustic string based. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, the the instrumentation sounded beautiful. Yeah, but it was kind of yeah. That song's okay. I most love. Most of the songs were in and out. I love. I see the light. The duet with the lanterns. That um, it's a great song. Yeah, and I think it. I won't say that it's better than a whole new world. 
you but... should not say that. <laughs> that would be a terrible thing to say. I don't know. what I, I guess what I'm saying is that if both of those movies came out in the same year, I'm not sure that A Whole New World would gain prominence over it. I think you can't erase the, the history of Kay, Aladdin in our... I can sing you one of those songs. Yeah, but you were like... I've seen... Ten. I've seen Tangled three times. Yeah. I don't know what song you're talking about. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, it's I'm, so good. I'm sure it's great. It's so good. It's, it's the most Minkin song in that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's Fair. Not it's not. I just they like they trade harmony anyway. No, it's it's I'm sure it's great. Yeah. It's the one where they're in the boat with the lanterns. Yeah. That's okay. I just uh that sound you heard if I didn't edit <laughs> it out uh was me hitting the mic. Throwing my hands up, In a going, shrug. I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, hey, Kate. Uh, unless you have anything else to add, I think it's time to enter into our final cut. Final cut. Good, uh, Kate. I'm gonna have you uh, start it off. Uh, we're gonna do a scene shout out. Go ahead and pick a scene. We're gonna try and do a one scene from each movie. Each. each uh, so go ahead and pick a pick a scene. Well, I will just continue the conversation we were just having. <laughs> Great. Because so take take a scene from Tangled that really works oh, for you. Oh well, I don't and know. Tell us all about it. Maybe the best Disney do what? No, uh, that scene with the lanterns is a feat. Like mm-hmm. I just mm. so uh, the whole time Rapunzel is trying to get you know to see this lantern festival. Turns out that the king and queen every year release. Lanterns, um, like the whole town releases lanterns um, commemorating the um, the birthday of their kidnapped daughter mm-hmm. in hopes that th- maybe they'll find her this year. And Rapunzel sees them on her birthday every year, of course, not knowing that she is the lost baby princess. Um, but she just thinks it's the most beautiful thing. And they, so they, they get to the kingdom. Flynn takes her out on a canoe um, on the water and all of these lanterns are released in kind of this domino fashion after the king and queen did. Like, just the whole scene mm-hmm. is glorious. The king and queen do not have speaking voices in this movie, but they communicate so much in just 30 seconds of an exchange before they release this lantern. And I will say, uh, when the king is crying mm-hmm. and the queen just, like, puts her hand on him, mm-hmm. uh, tears. Yeah. I just I just started crying. I'm like, well, where did that come from? It's beautiful. And so their lantern goes up and then a few more and then the, you know, the whole town puts them up and they reflect on the water and they're all like this glowy orange and the sky is at sunset. And it's an amazing mix of these two people like lost in tragedy and these other two people having like the best night of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's It's a great scene. And You're and right. and the song too, right? It's they they sing it in their mm, they sing it and he made a face. I, I don't like that <laughs> face. Uh, so Rapunzel is singing about you know I see the light you know after all these years of seeing it from my tower I'm now here. Yeah, they're they're shining and wonderful and she it's a narration song at this point. And then Flynn sings a verse, but it's narration. He's just kind of looking at oh, I see this girl Rapunzel for what she is. And like, I was missing this all these years. And then she looks back at him and then the 
final chorus comes in and they're singing together, but it's not narration. Their actual mouths sing it. Mm-hmm. And at last I see the light. All right. And it's this right. beautiful moment of recognition that like they've made each other's lives better. And it's this it's just visually and sound and oh, it's so good. I cry every time. Okay, I remember that song. Yeah. Now. You can confirm that I cry every time. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not as good as a whole new world, but it's mm. it's great. It's a great song. It's a great scene. You're yeah. absolutely correct. And those lanterns are animated just gorgeously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let let me piggyback on that. I'm going to also shout out a scene from Tangled. Uh, I thought a lot about whether I'd want to do like which Mother Gothel scene mm. because they're all so tremendous. Mm-hmm. But I, instead, I'm going to pick out a scene that uh, we didn't talk about at all. And this is a scene where Rapunzel's naivete and optimism pay off. Mm. Uh, and that is in the uh, uh, rubber duckling. The rubber. Uh, the snuggly duckling. The snuggly duckling. Uh, in the snuggly duckling, when she goes in, she's terrified. There's all these scary guys. And she's just like, oh, hey, come on. Don't you have a dream? And she just wins them over, not like. I, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like in a lesser movie, she would have won them over by being sexy or by being like stronger than the strongest man for some reason. Or like tricking them somehow. But instead, she's just like, she's like, hey, don't you guys believe in the thing? And then they burst into this surprisingly heartwarming, really funny song. It's the most Menkeny Menken song yeah. I've ever heard. I like, might. It's a bar uh, song. It's it's like a guest on on uh, speed, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's it's it's. I might put it on on YouTube when we're done with this yeah. podcast because I love that scene. Uh-huh. Um, and you said um, that initially this movie started out a little Shrekier. Yeah. So Glenn Keane, who is like a hero animator of the century, um, he is like one of the lead animators on all of the renaissance and usually doing the main character um like glenn keen animated the beast glenn keen animated um now i can't think of but he's other he's people. been but involved yeah, he's great uh and he had this idea for a rapunzel movie in the mid 90s like you know part of the renaissance and it kind of got shelved and then it was brought back as maybe we do 3d animation and yeah he said the first treatment was a little bit more irreverent and witty. He's like, it was good, but yeah, but more Shrekky. But he said, I think I, I told them, I think there's a more sincere, heartfelt story in here that yeah. we can do instead. And and Glenn Keane, being a genius, was absolutely right. And I think that shows in the Snuggly Duckling yes. scene because it's that is like 100% like a bunch of big, strong, scary men. Yeah. Being sweethearts mm-hmm. and it's is funny and mm-hmm. it's parody, but also we're we're getting something out of it. And we're getting things about our two main characters too, right? Mm-hmm. Like Flynn's dream is riches. Yeah, and, and he's also reticent to tell anyone about right, his dream. Right. And Rapunzel is just completely sincere in this song. Um it's great. It's like it's a great scene. The song on its own is a yep. little bit of a skip song for me because it's a little bit repetitive. And oh, sure. But an, if you're watching it. Yeah. There's an interview. Um, Christy Anderson Lopez interviewed, does this great like long form interview with Alan Menken. And 
Wait, who's Christy Anderson Lopez? Oh, she just wrote like some things in like Frozen and... Uh, Never heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, and not as much else. Okay. Not the things that you're thinking. That's, no, I know. That's, she doesn't that's always work with her husband. Robert, yeah. yeah. Um, she did that acapella musical about the subway. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never saw that. No, we didn't. Um, anyway, she does this great interview with Alan Menken, and it, he tells stories about, uh, you know, he's like, I love this. You know, I see the light in Rapunzel. Someone came up to me once and, and told me their favorite song of of all my songs was I've Got a Dream. And I said, oh, okay, that's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really like that Alan Menken, like, has tears of his own work. He's like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't say this, but the reaction is like, yeah, I didn't work all that hard on that song. It's like, like oh, yeah, you can back That just comes favorite. out of my fingers in my sleep. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is not Compass of Your Heart. It's is not. Is what you're saying. <laughs> the greatest Alan oh, Menken song so of all time. Um, that is, it is a good scene, though. And it, it's yeah. entertaining every time. Um, nice. So I'm going to jump to Snow White. Please do. Uh, and the scene that I want to call out for being effective in Snow White is uh, is the uh, chase through the woods, mm. uh, which is the inspiration behind Snow White's scary adventure. Sure is. Um, because Snow White, it's not a chase, rather. She's just running through the woods. Uh, the huntsman is supposed to kill her, and he just he can't do it. And he just says, run run away and she starts running and we see like trees that kind of become scary monster trees and then kind of become trees we see like an owl right which is like terrifying but also it's just an owl right we see the shadows playing tricks on this young woman who's running scared through the woods and like everything is getting scarier around her, even though it's like stuff she's seen every. It's just a tree, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, you know, when the again when the shadows reveal themselves to be like a cute little bunny, uh, I think I think that whole thing is effective at showing what fear does. Mm-hmm. Like like if you're already scared, everything around you is scarier your your like brain is looking for that and i think that really uh really gave us a insight into where our character was Mm -hmm. i also i just love the animation in it yeah it's it's definitely different like it's not what i think of when i think of disney at that time yeah yeah good choice thank you what about uh so i was gonna go with that silly song sequence but we kind of already talked about it so i'm gonna go for I won't be able to tell you as many details because it's not as big of a scene. But there's a, when the dwarf the dwarfs first come home and yes. realize everything is like clean, <laughs> like they're I just I really like the character a little bit of character development, but a lot of the character storytelling that happens there. Mm-hmm. So far, you've just seen them sing a song uh, of nonsense words, like coming home from the mine, and when they're kind of like. W- these dishes are clean? Wait, there's not dust here? Like, you can kind of see, like, oh, they've just been living as seven bachelors. Yeah. And then I think it's it's either in that same scene or just separated by them meeting her that she's, like, preparing them dinner. And it's like, wash your hands. And they're like, what? what? <laughs> like, what? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, 
the um that kind of reveal of mm-hmm. like what their lifestyle was right is a lot funnier than i remembered it being yeah like why isn't there dust here right what's going on um and and also like them uh like climbing the stairs to confront the monster. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, part of like that. Like part of the coming home scene where they send Dopey up because mm. like he's the he's the Dopey one. Yep. <laughs> but then also when Dopey comes down and claims it's a monster, they 100% believe yes. him even though he's the Dopey one. Yes. Uh yeah, I I like I like all the the kind of character development. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. And it sets them up then when Snow White is just like so nice and just like, no, this is how you live life, guys. Um, it's like, no, I'm, I'm making soup. Go wash your hands. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It, yeah, tells you so much in, in very, not abstract terms, but mm-hmm. in indirect ways. Kate. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a direct question. Okay. Who's your MVP? Of uh, these two movies, so you know who it's gonna be, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a broader connection. Wait, I don't know who it's gonna oh, be. Oh, Pascal. Okay, I, it could have been Glenn Keane. No. It could have oh. been Alan Menken. It could have been Flynn and the women who made him sexy. No, Glenn Keane's a good choice. No, which by the way, yeah. Sorry, real quick. Uh, instead of getting a bunch of women together to decide what a sexy man looks like, mm-hmm. hire more women. To design characters. Yeah. That just seems I mean, like they were a, women who were already working for Disney. I don't know what their current roles were. Right. They might have been like uh, animators or right. something. Right. But still, like, if you can't hey. figure out what a sexy man looks like, design someone who's a, or yeah. hire someone who's attracted to men yeah. to design a sexy man. Yeah. That's, sorry. So I'm going to go, I'm, <laughs> Pascal is going to accept the award on behalf <laughs> Of really expressive <laughs> facial design in animation. Uh-huh. Because I think Dopey also like falls into this. Like mm. He doesn't say a word, but you know everything about this character. Yeah. And like it helps you understand other characters. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Like uh, Pascal is just a modern version of that with some more animation technology. Yeah. Um, yeah, I laugh at every single thing Pascal does. Uh, I can verify that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you always know what Pascal is thinking. Mm-hmm. And you always know whether he thinks something is a good idea or not a good idea. And I think it extends to the other dwarfs and certainly the forest animals in Snow White as well, that there's so much so much expression going on in those faces that you know more about them than is being verbalized, mm-hmm. which I love. And Maximus, yeah. the horse, is the same. So this has been a theme for you, actually, Mm -hmm. over the last couple of days. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm. Um, But when we were talking about Mary Poppins, which we will not get into, because thankfully we don't have to talk about it. um, One of the things you said was missing was the expressive face of Dick Van Dyke. Oh, in Mary Poppins Returns. In Mary Poppins Returns. It is not missing from Mary Poppins. I I love Mary Poppins. Um, Mary Poppins Returns, like... Lin Manuel is is great at being Lin Manuel, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have that like Dick Van Dyke he has super very expressive, expressive eyebrows, though. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, uh, it's but yeah, I mean, expressive. Dick Van Dyke has like a plastic 
kind of like, you know, the modern version is like the, you know, the Jim Carrey kind of right. plastic face of like, Rub- wood, rubber? yeah, rubber. There we go. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, we're plastic I mean, rubber. Like plastic, kind of made plastic out of the same. man. If there Andy's listening, he'd agree with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And just that, I mean, it, it, but it extends, there was a scene where both of us noted Rapunzel is making a choice, um, to, to trick her mother into taking a longer trip mm-hmm. so that she can go see the lanterns. And you see in just a split second, and I feel like this is a Glenn Keane thing, mm-hmm. of like you see her, you know, make the decision in a moment, weigh the options, weigh yeah. what is my best chance of getting what I want, but also pleasing this yeah. family member of mine. Like, And it's not like an obvious, that mm-hmm. like, like there's not like a big, ooh, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you see her kind of wrestle with it. Yeah. And it's, it's beautifully done. So facial expression, animation, uh, and Pascal is accepting it <laughs> on behalf of everyone because uh-huh. I want to see him hold a big old statue. I don't know. We don't give physical statues for these, but I want to see, I want to see Pascal uh, win a physical statue and, you know, hold it up in yeah. his hands like a champion. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Dick, who are you awarding the... Uh, apparently heavy gold statue too for MVP. Well, this is going to be a, this is going to be a pretty out there choice. Um, this is someone who, uh, I think, uh, uh, you just, you just couldn't have these movies without. And that's Walt Disney. Okay. Look, I know, <laughs> I know. Okay. But, uh, uh, Walt and the, the nine old men, and all of the other people mm-hmm. on his staff, right? But Walt made the first animated feature film. This is true. He set he set the pattern for what every animated feature film would be like for a long time. That, yeah, absolutely. Like they were they were musicals for a long time. They were, uh, you know, like uh, tra- like new takes on traditional stories, and like still to this day, like yeah. Tangled is a musical about a princess based on a fairy tale. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, you know, 80 years later mm-hmm. or 70 years later. At the time, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I know it's a cop-out to be like, yeah, Walt Disney, but, like, what... Legitimately Walt Disney. <laughs> what he set forth with Snow White and, like, the, the struggles he went through and the... You know, like the studio was always on the verge of shutting down mm-hmm. financially. Like the taking this risk paid off in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I promise I won't use Walt again. But uh, Walt's my MVP for this one. That's I, I, I appreciate that answer. Thank I you. agree. All right. So, Dick, if you're going to do a crossover feature of some kind between Snow White and Tangled... What uh, what you can do? I'm debating Ooh. on whether I'm going to take your answer or not. I'm I'm going to challenge myself with a different type of answer than I usually take. Sweet, Dopey and Pascal. Yes, buddy comedy. Someone's got to do it. It's just like Pascal uh, is like uh, he's kind of Dopey's Jiminy Cricket, mm-hmm. uh, and just like leading him through the world. Dopey uh, leaves the woods. Uh, he goes to the modern day city of New York, 
uh, tries to get a job. He lands a job at like an advertising agency, but really Pascal's doing all the work. <laughs> but Pascal can't get a job because he's a lizard. <laughs> a chameleon. So, yeah, chameleons are lizards, right? I feel like this is something that Flynn questions Frogs too, aren't lizards. That's yeah, the important that's thing. That's true. Um, but yeah, so he gets a job at an advertising agency, like the lizard, uh, uh, helps him along the whole time. Uh, eventually <laughs> like he gets lost in the city of New York and like the big presentations do and Dopey like eventually finds his way to like the Statue of Liberty somehow and he like puts his big dopey face in front of one of the lights and then Pascal sees it. Pascal goes and grabs Dopey. He gets him ready for this presentation. They give the presentation happy ending this is you got a whole plot and everything i guess guess. (laughs) oh okay you didn't you didn't even know nope you just pulled a walt disney and just acted this out in front of kate next animated feature uh kate who's your mvp there i do want to just point cross go ahead i want to point out that there is a a pascal buddy comedy they made a an animated short of uh, a pascal and maximus adventure oh that's all right that is quite funny hmm. it is pretty good all right uh so my crossover here's what i would like i would like oh this is so abstract Dopey i wish i had a better Pascal. um i want i'm wishing i am wishing so i want the um Okay, no, this is what I'm going to say with, no. I want uh, mother, I want a Mother Gothel level of characterization in Snow White's Evil Queen. Okay. So I want, uh, I want Mother Gothel as a villain, but not exactly like the Evil Queen version of Mother Gothel. Could we just have Mother Gothel as the villain? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would probably be fine. And even isolated, I feel like she could do a lot of damage. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. That's not my strongest crossover of all time, but it's that's I think I think that's what is like you said, it's got that tension, but I want I want to see my villain and protagonist uh, like uh, interact a little bit or like yeah. a, a little bit more depth to my villain. All right. At the very least. Yeah. I'll accept it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, Kate, we have uh, reached our final segment mm-hmm. of the show. The segment where we decide whether these movies should be re-released, released as a special edition with maybe some changes that we dictate, Mm -hmm. or thrown into the vault, never to be seen again. Oh, man. Kate, I I, want to start with you, and I'll start with Snow White. What do you do with this movie? Is it a re-release? Do you plus it up in some way, or do you just chuck it in the vault? I mean... It, I, I would do what Disney has done, which is like remaster the the cells and yeah, and re-release. I don't think it needs to be in a theater per se, but I think you should always be able to see it. So right now they actually do have it in the vault. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we we ended up seeing it, but I don't know how because yes. it's in the vault. Well, we we must uh, have the. We must have the DVD. Yeah, the DVD or that the, must be how we saw. Yeah, it. that must be. Mm. Uh, so maybe that would be my my Snow White would be release it from the vault. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's an old enough movie that there's not like an ebb and flow of like, oh, people really want this and they'll want it more if it's in the vault sometimes. Just just have it available yeah. at all times. Uh, yeah, redo some some color and the and it's good to go. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. Uh, I keep trying to think of like ways that I would improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like there's things like there's bits of animation that aren't that aren't per- perfect or mm-hmm. you know like the music can be a little eh, but it's it's so classic, right? Uh, and I I don't think there's anything I could do to it. Like, there's nothing I can think of offhand that I would do to it that would make it work better. Right. I Like, I would love to see more depth in the prints. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't, I don't, I don't actually want to see that. I just want to see this movie as is. I get, yeah. And maybe, maybe like a commentary track with Glenn Keane. Oh, Or like yeah. a modern animator that now, like, hey, they were doing it this way because this. Yeah, or, I would love to see this with, with more context. Or more even a demo of like. Glenn Keane reanimating Whistle While You Work. Just that, just as like a, here's how we would do it now versus yeah. why it looked like this back then. Just something like more museum-y than, yeah. than a real actual yeah. update. And, and it's interesting. I feel like, uh, you know, even like uh, South Park, we said re-release with like, uh, with some context beforehand. But mm-hmm. I... I honestly think, like, just show Snow White. I do think, yeah, I think it holds up. I, if this was in the theaters tomorrow, I'd go see it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So now, uh... A Tangled, I I re-release. Yeah, just straight up? it's great. Uh, It's great. I've got no improvements. There's one thing I don't like in Tangled. All right. Uh, And it's a comedy trope uh, that... Uh, I feel like uh, was not annoying then, but has become very annoying now. Okay. Thanks to uh, people like Paul Feig, mm-hmm. who uses it a ton, um, which is the cut to the same thing happening over and over again in a different funny way. Mm. Um, you'll see it a lot in like like Parks and Rec started doing it towards the end where it's like, you could tell it's just Amy Poehler improvising and they're just cutting a bunch of her things together. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, just pick the funniest one and move on. Sure. Um, Tangled does that once, maybe twice. Um, uh, the specific time I'm thinking of is when she's trying to put Flynn into the uh, cabinet. Okay. When she like knocks him out. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think that's a really funny scene. Mm-hmm. I hate the way it's cut together because it just feels like I, I can just see the I'm just watching edits interesting okay and it takes me out of the movie uh-huh. because why is it cut like that from the same angle yeah like if I was seeing it from a couple of different angles uh-huh. and she's trying like but something about that irks me okay <clears throat> so if I was if I was gonna do anything to the movie I would fix that fair I know but, what you're talking about. I am not bothered by it. No, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and again, like this is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be everyone's. Uh, but that's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna plus this one up, right. that's what I would do. Change some angles uh, in that scene. But it's 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 a really good movie. Nice. I got no complaints. Yeah, these are two. I mean, these these are both Disney. Yep. Both musical. Yep. Both good. Yeah. Six out of six. <laughs> six out of six. Hey. Uh. As Wreck-It Ralph would say, good. Yeah. Uh, top shelf. Top shelf. 
as he would not Top say shelf. and never says. Uh, I really enjoyed watching an old movie. I haven't yeah. seen an old Disney movie in forever. This is the first movie we've done before Little Mermaid, or mm-hmm. I guess Land Before Time is the yeah, oldest we've done. Yeah, but this is the this oldest one. Disney we've yeah. done uh, before. Yes, yeah, since Little Mermaid. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm excited. I think we're going to be going into into more of these mm-hmm. as we go. Um, the the idea right now is that we're going to run in seasons. Right. Right. And we're going to pair a bunch of stuff up. Next season, everything's eligible to be paired yeah, again. Yeah, roughly a year in length of seasons. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm really excited to see what we get to through the rest of this season that we might not have gotten to otherwise. That might not have been at the top of our head. Right. Like, I think Snow White was not something either of us were like, we need mm-hmm. to watch this. Right. But I'm so glad we did. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even as we're watching these movies, we're kind of pinging like, oh, we should in a future you know, season pair this movie we're watching with this other movie we watched a couple weeks ago. Yep. That would be interesting because uh, we're seeing more intersection points you know, now that we're revisiting movies that maybe we haven't seen in a while, which is great. But I'm excited to, to dive into the literal vault a little bit because yeah. there's a reason why these movies are still promoted, you know, like why these characters still walk around at the parks and mm-hmm. why, you know, there's still merchandise available for Snow White and Cinderella. Like, they, these are good movies. And if you've got a recommendation for a movie we should watch, vaulted or not, please hit us up, uh, podcast at gmail.com, at podcast on Twitter, at podcast on Facebook, at podcast on Insta. No. Nope. Uh, not Insta. If you want to make an Insta page for us. Please don't. No, don't. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, at Cellmates on Snapchat. Cellmates nope. on LiveJournal, nope. MySpace, Friendster. Musical.ly. That's yeah. one of the... Musical.ly. No. Yeah. We uh, could get on there, though. We could do some songs. Yeah, but that's not just music. Oh. I uh, asked my fifth graders. They're like, no, it's not really music. It's just like... It's like another Snapchat, basically. Fine. I don't know. It, uh, the fellow youths. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks. It let, last shout out to our moms. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, mom. If you're listening, I'm waving. Uh, thanks for the drinks. Thanks for uh, taking us to our first Disney movie. Also, life. Yeah. Uh, also, I, life. I'm kind of digging uh, yeah. this whole being alive thing. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me. Top shelf. <laughs> It could be called the Glen Keen cast. When That'd you, be very interesting. When are you going to start the Keen cast? Well, Wait. What? Let's call it Keen on Keen. What? An, Why? an exploration of Glen oh, Keen. Oh, Keen on Keen. I know. Uh, All right. Uh, do you want to do the intro or should I do the intro or do we both do the intro together? At the same time. Intro and through life.